Hey, this is Susan Green. Howdy, everybody. This is Colter Fleming. And welcome to the Backstage Travel Podcast. Colter, you found out, how did you find out about these lovely little hats that you can have for Zoom? So you got to upgrade, excuse me, update your Zoom account. Um, Just go into the Zoom um, platform on your desktop and just, you know, check for updates. It's pretty sweet. are you telling me that you were at a meeting this week and people had party hats on? I mean, we're all getting a little <laughs> loopy at this point. I wasn't invited to the party hat party. You know, we, we can have one right now if you're if you're ready to update your Zoom account, though. But you got to get it updated. Yeah, but that means I got to turn it off. That's not going to happen. I'll do it next time. How was your week? What do you What have you been working on? So the week has been good. There's been lots of destination weddings, lots of Tahiti, which is awesome. I'll say this. What is good and frustrating is it's starting to feel a lot like 2020, which is a bummer. So it's, hey, someone lady just texted me. Oh my gosh, Susan, my boss just told me I have a mandatory quarantine when I come home from my trip in April. And I said, no, that is not correct. And so then, of course, I was like, shit. Is there? Like, I was like, oh, I probably didn't read something. Like, you know, every email you're like, COVID, 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 delete, delete, delete. But I was like, okay. So I just went to the CDC and it was like suggested. Then people are like, oh, we're going to Tahiti. You have to have your test from a specific place. That is incorrect. That is Hawaii. Oh, what are we going to do? And after a while, I'm like, that just sucks me dry all day long instead of trying to get stuff done, trying to talk to people, trying to close deals, trying to do stuff. But you have the same type of people. You have people right now that are like, I'm going to travel. I don't give a shit. And there's people that are like, I'm not going anywhere. You do have a little bit more of desperation in people, I think, where they're like, I got to get out of the house. So when I look at like a destination wedding, typically that's a three night stay for your guests. I'm totally going to burp. That's going to be so attractive. Um, We can edit it out. I know. It'd be even, I used to be a really, really good burper, but now people are going like four or five nights, I think, because they're like, holy shit, I got to get out of my house. I got to have something to look forward to. So in some ways, it, it's fun to have that. You know, the travel industry, I said to some lady today, I said, look, we got to have a relationship. We got to like each other. But I said, if you don't pick me, I can give you some names of some great travel agents. I said, use one. Don't go through this procedure. Don't go do this alone. It's really, I think, really difficult right now. And I think the good travel agents are going to stand out. I hope that's me. But I think that there's so much that's going on. And for someone to be like, well, I got it for $5 cheaper. And I remind everyone of bookit.com last year where they took everyone's money and shut their doors. And mm-hmm. I go, I, you can't do that for $5. But it's been good. I mean, it's been, it's been crazy. It's people asking lots of questions. It gets me excited about travel. What's changed in the industry or in the travel landscape like in the last week since we since we last talked about this? Like la- last time it was in the introduction of the CDC requirements, which started on Tuesday. Is that right? Yeah, on the 26th. Correct. What's the latest with that? How's that going? Well, I have people that are traveling. Now, this doesn't affect me personally or my clients, but Canada closed down the ability for people to fly to Mexico and the Caribbean as of today. Wait, what? Yeah. Why so did they people, do that? Um, they probably don't want COVID. I don't know. Yeah. He's really cute, though. I mean, the prime minister is very attractive. So if he makes good decisions, if he makes bad decisions, it's okay. He doesn't have an orange face or ugly hair. So I'm like, oh, you're- Who's that Justin- Trudeau. Mm. Trudeau. Yeah. Yeah. So they they can't go. So somebody said that to me and I was like- So Canadians can't go anywhere? Uh, Yes. I don't know if they can go to the U.S., why would they want to? But they hate us anyway, I think. But you can't go anywhere. So then people are like, oh my God, Biden. You know, you can already tell the politics, which I don't want to get in, but they're like either like, oh my God, Biden's going to do that or Biden's not. And I'm like, 
I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't. I don't think that for our economy that they can afford that. I think the steps that have gone into place, some of the places have really, really stepped it up. The smartest one that I think I said last time is Tahiti tests you an hour to four hours before you leave. If they want to nip this in the butt, that's the best way to do it. The problem with that is when you do that, you get no extended stay, which is different than you go to Mexico, you get tested 72 hours before, you go to the pool. You at your hotel. With, at your hotel. And then you hang out with everyone who has COVID, obviously, at the pool. And if you test positive, you are quarantined. Now, if you and Tori go, when you go and you test positive, she has to go home. They're not paying for her to stay. If you had a child with you- Well, it's just one room. What does that matter? All inclusive. They're paying for your food. Ah, okay. And then it's, are they paying for your alcohol? Can you leave the room? Are there, is there a guard? What hotel? Someone said today that people left today or yesterday and they didn't have their birth date on the test and they got denied boarding. So they're really, really checking it where I didn't think that was going to happen. So- it's so Tahiti, what you're saying is they check at the airport, Mexico, yeah, so Caribbean, yeah. you, it's at the hotel. It's at the so hotel. That's good. So you can just stay there if you have a problem. Yeah. But some people are like, I can't afford that. I can't, my job, you know, so they yeah, don't sure. want to go. And then there are people that are like, I don't give a shit. I mean, I had a guy tell me the other day, he's like, it's all fake. And I was like, hmm. And then the news last night, they said something interesting. The guy goes, if it's all fake, how come my um, business is so booming and he sells coffins? Oh, great. <laughs> but I went, yay, you? Like, yeah, how Congratulations, you know? friend. Like, wow. Yeah. You sell coffins. Good for you. So, but it's like, like, when I was getting my hair done yesterday, it was the controversy of how many cases are there so that the schools can be open? Because Arizona, it's by district. And people are leaving districts to go to other districts to put their kids in school. Mm, so, wow. when you guys have opened up, right? A little bit? I mean... In some places, they're allowing outdoor dining again. Although, I mean, if we all rush out to do that, then the case count's going to go up again. So, can you go I work mean, out? Because I mean, Coulter, you better work out. Um. Yeah, I don't know if gyms are going to open up indoors quite yet. I think if they have an outdoor situation, they're allowed to do that. But I mean, some folks are just kind of doing whatever they do down here in Orange County. I think LA County is probably a little stricter. Our guests can probably speak to that. So, yeah, it's very true. Yeah, I mean. So you're I wouldn't working say, out at home? For the most part, yeah. What do you do when you work out besides use all these towels? Because that's um, going to be like a lot, like putting in, taking out of the washing machine. The towels. Folding. That's a, that's a good workout. Right. <laughs> but you got to have other, what, what other workouts do you do? Yoga? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just do this uh, thing called Health House. It's like a, oh, just a 45 minute recorded Ooh. session. It's a gym in Hollywood that they just record That's things right. every morning that. at eight. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever quit before it's done? No, no, never. Whatever. Never. Whatever. Of course. Sometimes I do too. In fact, no way. Oh yeah. my God. No, I'm not a good at home person. I am. Uh, I need people. I need something. So like I would run farther because then I was like, well, I gotta get home. Right. But if I'm on a treadmill, I'm like, yeah, I'm bored. We just got a like, bike, right? I did. And it's pouring rain. So as fun as that sounds, I'm not riding it. Yeah, you guys had snow this week in Phoenix, right? right? Well. Ice or something, sleet. Although our son just said that Snowball, which is Flagstaff, is sold out for skiing. Wow. It's like feet and feet of snow. My husband bitches every single day about how cold it is. I'm like, cry me a river. Anyhow, um, I'm excited. It's great to see you. I have been sad this week not being able to talk to you. It's been busy, buddy. It's been it busy. Is. Lots of, hey, lots I'm, of complications, lots of things going on. So, well, I'm keeping, you know, you employed till we make billions of dollars on our podcast. That's right. 
So that's right. <laughs> I'm excited about our guest. I want you to introduce her because you obviously know her more. I got the privilege of talking to her when I was like, I know that I need to start a podcast because I know that I need to make a billion dollars. And I also knew that the one thing I needed to do was to add one more thing into my agenda. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who, <laughs> who doesn't need a fun COVID hobby like this? Exactly. Although I think it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't met you, Coulter, but it is really fun. So we had a, we had fun time talking about it. I absolutely love her podcast, which is a blast, but I'd love you to introduce our next guest. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think uh, let's bring Miss Natalie Michelli into uh, the conversation here. Natalie is a, a friend of my wife, Tori's really good friend. I've enjoyed uh, hearing Natalie's podcast uh, sort of every afternoon for probably the last year from Tori, who is probably their number one listener. But Natalie and her friends have a podcast called The Martini Scale, which I don't want to screw this up, but it's a fresh new podcast where they talk about movies over martinis and they rate movies by the amount of martinis you need to enjoy (laughs) it. So Natalie, tell us about that. What's going on? Welcome to the show, Natalie. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. It's so exciting. And before we start, what is oh, your yes. favorite martini? Ooh, oh, God, that's really hard. Okay, it's not hard. I just knew it. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's this. I would be a lemon drop or a yeah. gin. <laughs> it's this uh, rose martini that I had in Portland that was just to die for. And I've tried to recreate it so many times and I just can't get it quite as good as they make it. So, and it was with gin and I don't even mm, like gin, gin and it's oh. just, you know, so I do make most of my martinis with vodka. So that's I will say that cheat. I think mixed drinks are very difficult to make as good as the restaurants. Now I'm not drinking yeah. right now, but when I was, I'm like, I don't know what they do. That's why I got into wine. I was like, I can open a cork. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'd stick to wine and beer. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can do that. You can't really wreck that. Yeah. But I was like, when you're there, like, and then you add bitters. And I was like, what the fuck is bitters? I was like, <laughs> see, all of that I'm pretty, like, well-versed in now. You've got to be good at this now, cool. Natalie. You're hip it's, and cool, yeah. I mean, we're going to be hitting 100 episodes pretty soon. So I think we 88 or 89. And so I was like, I have made 89 <laughs> martinis for this Different ones that always different. Every single one's been different. And where do you find these recipes typically? In my head. You make them up? <laughs> Most of them I make up in my head. And you you that name them each so time? Cool. Uh, they all have a different name that is attached to the movie yep. or movie star that we're talking about or when we did television shows or Tom documentaries. Cruise. You know, so I typically try and work backwards, whereas I try and come up with the name first and then kind of figure out what martini would work or what flavors would work that makes sense for that. So, okay, have you ever made one and it is so gross? Like, you know, when you were a kid, oh, yes, alcohol, but you're like, maybe if I put this and I put this together and then you're like, and then I bake it. <laughs> and then your yeah. friends are over and you're like, this is dog food. The uh, worst one I made, I was my first time exploring with uh, egg whites in a cocktail, oh, which a lot of bartenders use it. And I, I was know, like, okay, yeah. well, we're going to do it. And we <laughs> were choking through that martini the whole, and it was just like, we're like, it got what chunky. Was the, what was the theme of that one? <laughs> was that Rocky? And no, it was this, um, <laughs> these two independent movies we watched. One was Vivarium, and I can't remember what the other one was, but it was like this like 
clear skies ahead type. So it was like this beautiful, like light pink, like clouds after, you know, a rainstorm. So I was like really excited about the look of this martini. It just tasted. Your, your podcast, I have to say, typically drives our Netflix choices. We get It's a true story there. That's awesome. That's so fun. That's awesome. Well, I I think that's so, you obviously are so creative. Oh, because even when I met you last time, it's like, you like to write, you have this creative thing. And I think that that is such a fun way to bring people into like, when I, I look and I, I follow it and I'll go, Oh, Tom Cruise. And then I'm like, Oh, think of all the Tom Cruise, all that. And then I'm like, Oh, Tom Cruise is kind of a creeper. Like inside. I'm like, I used to love him. Like I was like, yeah, Tom Cruise. And now I'm like, Ooh, Scientology weirdo. But I'm like, it's, you bring yeah. up all this stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's so fun. And you guys are really, really fun together. We have great chemistry. So thank you. We're super fun. So do you guys. You guys, it's fun to hear friends chat on a podcast. Like I do really enjoy it because it kind of feels like you're in the room with them kind of yeah. laughing along. I was listening to a podcast in my car yesterday and I was laughing hysterically. I was crying while I was driving and, yeah. I, was like, and I was by myself in the car. I'm like, <laughs> I must think I'm a lunatic right now. <laughs> yeah. I've done that before too. And then you listen to other ones and you're like, I listen to a lot of murder ones. Right. And there's mm-hmm. these girls and they talk like this. And I'm like, honey, this was not that was not your genre. You can't yeah. talk like this and talk about how someone got murdered with a knife. No, no. <laughs> I was like, that's just not working. So yeah. no, I do. I really enjoy it. I mean, we always joke is that we were like, hey, we have four viewers. We're going to have Tori, my husband, and both of our moms. And my mom can't figure out how to get it on. So <laughs> we we're like, now we're down to three. <laughs> and my husband's like, I said to him, I go, look, we have the podcast up. He goes, where do I get that? And I went, you do other things well. That's what I said yeah. to him. I go, so now we're down to two. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so hey, you um, know my my dad stopped listening to my podcast, so you, you know it happens. <laughs> well, I was talking to them about the Tom Cruise uh, podcast recently. I love that one. He was like, "Oh, maybe I'm going to have to listen to him again." I was like, "Thanks, Dad!" Like again, yeah. I'm like, "You're officially not our number one fan." And Tori <laughs> has just stepped above you. Okay, Tori's definitely up there, man. She listens to every single one. Yeah, well, and she and I like it. She listens to ours, and I'll be like, "So, what do you think?" And he's like. Well, Tori said, and I'm like, I love that. Like, we love feedback because, you know, mm-hmm. you're in it a little bit. Sometimes we're like, that didn't work. And then we listen. We're like, Mackenzie did her magic, you know, because we're like, either we're in it or we think we're really funny. It's all about yeah. our editor and producer. She is it the position that makes this thing go. She's obviously yeah. not listening because she's not making a comment about, we just praised she you. She multitasks on these things. She is. Sometimes she sits here and does all of her makeup. See, so, whenever so I Natalie, do that um, on the podcast, they always get mad at me and joke about it because it's I'm sitting at my vanity now that we're doing this in the yeah. Zoom world and yeah. not together. And so sometimes when they're talking, I get bored. And so I'll put on different lipstick or whatever in there oh and my they will God. call me out. <laughs> That is my daughter. Okay. I, this is a total digress. Do either of you guys watch Married at First Sight? Yes. Do you watch this season? Yes. Okay. So my girlfriend and I are watching it. I'm totally obsessed. So the blonde chick. Clara. Yeah. They're all kind of a fucking mess, by the way. Yeah. She sent me this photo last night. She's watching it, catching up. She goes, what's up with this? Let me see if I can show you. Oh, I don't know. That is a shoe holder and that's all lipstick. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. See? Oh my God. I said, okay. she did shoes? say she did. She said she does makeup. And I said to my husband, I go, I think I have the same blush from Clinique from high school and I'm 50. <laughs> so I was like, see, 
there are things that I, you know, yeah, I could I could comment on that show. It's the only dating one that Dan and I will that he will mm-hmm. allow me to watch. And I think they're really, really honest. The quiet guy and that girl, I don't know how she thought she could go on a show. She's way too picky. But one of the girls at the beginning is like, I really like to be neat and I like to be organized. I like to shower. And I said to, to Coulter, I go, I found your doppelganger. <laughs> I, I, got, I got your doppelganger. I go, I don't know if she has 50 towels. Yeah. But she does like towels. I feel like, I feel like this whole towel guy thing <laughs> is sort of taking on a life of its own. I'm I telling mean, you, we get popular. There is, so much, there is so much other quirky stuff about me that you could pick on. And this is like a recurring theme. It is. But that is also kind of... I've never heard that before until I learned that about you. And I was oh, like... Oh, there's so much more. Just ask my <laughs> wife. I mean... I will because, I mean, I'm just like, this does seem to be like the weirdest thing, though. I uh, she, she, she figured out the other day that <laughs> that I like check and double check the locks like every time. No. She, oh, yeah. Like the other night, I went back down to my car, even though I hadn't been in my car in three days, to check that it was locked and then came back up. And she's like, what are you doing? You know, there, there are there are programs for that, Coulter. Like what? <laughs> OCD. You know, I, I like yeah. to be I like to be thorough. I'm very meticulous. Yes. You know, he also doesn't like Natalie. He doesn't what? like hand towels. Oh, he only wants to use paper because God forbid yeah. I would touch my tongue and then go rub all that gross the- shit all over that towel, and then he'd have to touch it. Well, I seriously one, who was doing that. Uh, nobody licking their hand and rubbing it nobody. on a towel. But I will tell you this, he takes three showers a day and I take about five a month. So I was like, oh we're meant to be God. friends. <laughs> I was like, literally before. I think, no. I think there's some way for you guys to <laughs> meet in the middle to a more reasonable number for both. I went to go get my hair done and she took out the ponytail holder and my hair didn't move. I go, I was leaving it for you. Isn't it better if it's dirty? She goes, this might be a little over the edge. I go, yeah, I think I'm having some problems. I think I need to get out of my room. Yeah. We're all going yeah. a little crazy at this. I know. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. For I sure. know. We are going crazy. So, Natalie, how did you guys come up with? Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, how she started. Okay. Are you stealing my question, Susan? Yeah, oh I'll go to gosh. film and career. Oh, okay. my God. It's been a long week. <laughs> long week. I've been um, trying okay. to get that question in for five minutes. Man. I know, but we, oh. we had Here we go. Started. We have to skip number one. I have to go to number one. Okay, go to number what one. Is your, what is we'll your, do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. So much pressure. I'm sweating. I got a shower. <laughs> like, oh my God. Okay. So film and career. You went to school for film, correct? I did. And what did that look like when you were in college? Were you like, I want to be a movie star and marry Tom Cruise like I was? Which no. I didn't do. But No, unfortunately, that was not. My mom would have loved that. But um, I know. Us Tom older Cruise. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then but she watched, I, like, I actually went to school as a liberal studies major, and I thought I was going to be a teacher. And so, and you went, they don't make any money. Thank you, Tori. <laughs> but you're like, but not that you're making a buttload now, but you're I like. I just, you know, honestly, like I had worked with kids all through my youth, my first jobs. Yep. I coached soccer. I was spending so much time with children. And the first year of college, I was just kind of like, if I actually graduate when I'm 21, and start teaching, I'm never going to want to have my own kids, you know, Mm. and I'm glad I made that decision because now I am 36 and still have no kids. (laughs) So I don't think that decision made, (laughs) but I ended up taking a film class and that just seemed so much fun. And yeah, 
uh, my brother always wanted to be a director and I'd always helped him with making movies when we were younger. And I just was like, oh, I don't want to direct. I don't want to write. I don't want to be an actor. And I kind of thought that that was the only thing available. And when I took my first film class, I was like, holy shit, I've been producing movies for him my entire life and I love it and it's fun. And so I switched my major and that's just what I've been working on. I just think that's so fascinating because my daughter who's listening has done that her whole life. Mm-hmm. She would make horror movies. She would make kid movies with dolls. And like, I wanted to be an actress because mm-hmm. I wanted to marry like Ralph Macchio that can that age anyone yeah. here? The Karate Kid? Mm-hmm. I did. Kid. Well, I mean, come on. What, like know? the crane did it for you? I mean, like- It did. Look I at did. him. Sweep the leg. <laughs> daniel son. <laughs> he was so cute. Well, he still looks that young. Um, he does. He looks. He great. does. He does. He looks very, very young. But I was like, I wanted to be a star. I didn't really. Wa- but the problem was, is like, I didn't want to direct. I didn't want to be behind the scenes. I didn't want any of that. I went to a school where there was a lot of theater, and I was not really a theater person. And then you went to college, and they. I remember meeting with my advisor, and they're like, I wanted to be a radio DJ. So then I went, and I was a physics major first, doing that to be a teacher, and then I went, oh shit, I'm not going to make any money. I want to make money. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, oh, I'll be a DJ. And I was like, that'll be really fun. And then I found out how hard that was too. They they gave me all the bad things about it. So then I switched to history and that's what I majored in. Did they give you like, this is going to be great because this is a hard field to be in as a female. It is getting better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's totally getting better. The movie that I love, Lady Bird. That lady yep. is oh, one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And she wrote, directed the whole bit. Greta Gerwig, yeah. Unusual, yeah. So Mm -hmm. you go into this as a female. Was that something where you were like, oh my gosh, this is going to be easy to do? Or were you like, I'm up against the wall, but I'm powerful? It just, to me, knowing that I wanted to do this, I knew how difficult it was going to be to actually break in and have a successful career. And yes, the idea of like making tons of money I'm not going to lie. That sounds fantastic. I would love that for my future. I've had the taste. I've had a little taste of what rich life is and it's fucking fabulous. So I would love to have that be a part of my life a little bit more. Think of how many towels Um, and what kind of towels you could have. They would be like top end towels. And I don't have to be responsible for washing them. This sounds like a great life. Oh my God. That's my gift to Colton. Although I think he likes watching them. You know, I I was actually gonna. I was actually gonna ask. Have you seen Natalie's horror movie yet? Did you know she has one? So I did. I produced a a feature called Fear Inc. You told me about it during the summer. I have not seen it. It's a horror comedy. I am not a big horror person. I think I have enough in my own head Mm -hmm. that. So how do I see that? So it's on iTunes. It's You can just rent it awesome. or Amazon. So it's it's very easy to find. Typically, like during Halloween, we'll kind of put it on a little sale for like 99 cent rental. So nice. we'll kind of do and that. So you to, produced it. That means you're not in it, but you wrote not it. Not in it. Uh, I did not write it. Okay. So I we did a short film of the movie. Oh, God, I don't even know when. I think 2013. And I did it with my brother and his business partner. Yep. And so we we just really had a really fun time. We actually shot it in one night, had it edited and done and submitted to a festival three days later. And it placed like sixth in the festival out of like thousands of submissions. It was wow. Really exciting. And so everybody was commenting on YouTube like this should be a feature. This should be a feature. And so we were like, you know what? Let's develop it into a feature. And so 
as a producer, what I love to do is the creative side of things is getting really involved in the story and kind of building what the story is going to be, what the characters, what their journey is, and going through that development process with the writer hand in hand. So that's what we did with the writer for Fear, Inc. So yes, I didn't write it, but so oh, many no, no, of no. those- Still, you know, that's way impressive. So many of the ideas and themes and what we wanted to talk about was all collectively what we had decided together. So I have to say before we move on. How did you pick horror? You weren't like, oh, I really want a romance or a movie about like a really bad teenager. You were like, I like killing. I like blood dripping down people. <laughs> I mean, my sister did horror, like haunted houses with all my Barbies mm-hmm. when I was a kid. She'd put ketchup on them and then she'd leave it, which was really nice. So then I had dried blood of ketchup on all of my Barbies. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, how did you pick that? Like that's so- I, I'm a fan of horror. I'm not, there's, and when I say that there are crazy fanatics out here that are in this industry that I'm like, okay, I don't even, I can't even sit in a room and talk about horror with you guys because I feel so dumb. But for me, like for general audience, I actually really enjoy that genre. So that's something I enjoy as an audience member. And I kind of have this bucket list of movies that I kind of want to make. So it's, they span all different genres, but that's horror. There's a couple different versions in there that I really want to make. about the travel agent that makes a billion dollars? That sounds like a great That sounds like a really good story. (laughs) I think that's really good. She's really hot. She cleans herself and has really pretty hair. I think everyone wants to hear about that. She takes a shower three times a month. And yes, she's clean all the time. She is. Well, but she's funny. So who cares? And she pays her fucking bills. So that's all I care about. I do wear my clothes two days in a row. Just FYI, I know that's got a a horror culture. If I go (laughs) and it doesn't smell, I pick it up and I put it back on because I hate doing laundry. My character on this podcast is becoming (laughs) extremely OCD. It is like, I'm becoming like very typecast into this. Incredible. No, I set up a photo last week and I was like, Dan did my laundry, but he won't hang my clothes. And they sat on the floor clean, laid out for about 12 days. The day I put them away is the next day I got laundry. And I was like, still sitting in that basket. I just hate laundry. I think it's a big pain. I'm, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. No. I, I love it. God, that's Tori is so Also, I, also I don't have a laundry in my apartment. So oh. I am the level of Los Angeles poor that I have to go to the <laughs> back of the building where there are lots of spiders. And it's oh, not, yeah. it doesn't feel like a clean space. So it just... It's not a good feeling to go do laundry. I'm sure oh, if I had a different feeling if it was like right there. Room ever, and I still hate it. Oh, I think, like I, I, think I would enjoy it a lot. More. Yeah, no. I'd be doing laundry all the time. One, if I didn't have to pay for it, and two, it was in my apartment. Or wait, you have to pay for it each time? Like it's yes. like a laundromat type. It's thing? like a laundromat in the back. Quarter of my operated. Court, yeah, quarters. It's not that expensive, but it's still I've got to get quarter. It's a whole thing. It's a very- yeah. Who has quarters just lying around? Yeah, I, I have wish to, I I have to be that person at the grocery store that's like, can I get a roll of quarters? <laughs> I wish that was my problem. Mine is just... I would I would just like bring it home every weekend at that point. I would just be like, well, I got to go home for dinner. I know. I, I do that every once in a while. My dad will just bust my ass and be like, well, how old are you? Da, da, da. I'm like, <laughs> okay, calm down. Yeah. Thanks, dad. Living, living, living in LA is, uh, you know... Yeah. 
Not easy. I'm like, I'm not making you do it or making mom do it. I'm still doing it. When I was in high school, I was so bad. My mom would put my clothes in a black bag and hide it. Oh my God. Because she was like, put your clothes away. And I'm like, eh, who cares? (laughs) So there's something psychological. That's the next podcast that I do is how Susan's fucked up. That could also be your movie. What is wrong with Susan? <gasps> what a title! I love that title. I oh my really god! Do. I, what I'm is wrong with right Susan? It's like what, what is about wrong Bob? with Susan? I know. <laughs> oh, I hate that movie. That's my husband's favorite movie. Oh my god! Oh. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> that was okay. a, that was that was a random one. Yeah. Oh my god! My husband loves that movie. He will literally go baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Coulter, would you like to ask Natalie a question? I mean, can I can I jump in here? Is that okay? <laughs> No, no. Walter, <laughs> I thought I was taking right over now. the podcast for By you. By the way, feel like, free. Yeah, feel free. Go. I'm going to go eat some cheese. Okay, so I think I think Natalie, uh, your experience really inspired us, and you know, I think just sort of listening to you, of course, you know, through Tori, your your number one listener. So tell us about your podcast. Tell us how it started. We sort of already got into that, but sort of bridge that together with your career a little bit. So I've always had this idea that I wanted to have like a movie review website. And I was like, but nobody does that anymore. And I always wanted to have it based off of a reverse star system by how drunk you need to be to enjoy the movie, basically. And kind of have a really funny commentary review of it. You know, because it's when you do read like Rotten Tomatoes or anything like that, any critic reviews, it's just everybody's up their own ass and just pretentious as fuck. And you know what? Not every movie is an Oscar nominated movie, but that doesn't mean it's a bad movie, you know? I totally agree with you. So this has kind of been an idea I've talked about a few times with friends. And one of them, I think I was talking about it with my roommate. And her and my other friend were like, why don't we do this as a podcast? And I was like, I am not on air talent voice (laughs) or camera. I freeze. I'm not a performer. Like these, nobody wants to see me or hear me. Oh, no, that's not true. You're great. (laughs) I like to be behind the scenes and help orchestrate. You and I would work really well together. I can be your star. (laughs) Perfect. So we were like, let's just give it a shot and see what happens. So we recorded a couple episodes and we've just- Didn't something happen in one of the early ones with the sound? We had really terrible microphones that Yes, we we talked, like mine? Yeah. It was like, no, yours sounds good. Ours were like $20 microphones because I'm also really cheap. So I'm like, I'm not spending $100 on a microphone if I don't know if this is something we want to actually do. So we did uh, three episodes. And one of the episodes we had a guest on that we talked about, Call Me By Your Name, which is my co-host's favorite movie. So it was just this like drunken like discussion (laughs) about this movie (laughs) that was like everybody talking over each other. And we were, had a great time doing it, and then we released it and then listened to it later as we kind of start getting the groove of things. And we were like, this is embarrassing to have these on here. <laughs> like, it just, it doesn't sound good, and we just hadn't gotten into a groove yet. I think it was, yeah. the structure of the show really hasn't changed or evolved that much. I think we're kind of doing generally the same thing. We've just kind of learned how to, 
I think, respect each other when we're talking. But I think even still, alcohol doesn't help. And then the earlier episodes, we were recording in person together. So we would record three or four episodes at a time and be drinking through each of them, the different martinis. Okay, that's hilarious. So So by the end, you're like, oh, that was so good. By the fourth episode, (laughs) I was like, what was I even talking about? Like it just, and then you go back and listen and you're like, I sound like a drunken moron. (laughs) It's amazing. And it's like, it feels like I'm hearing it for the very first time. Like I don't even remember having that conversation. (laughs) That's so funny. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I think that what you said, which is why your podcast is fun to listen to is you guys are fun. And I think that if people don't have fun or don't love what they're talking about, it totally comes through. Yeah. Which is different than people trying to share something that they think people are interested in or whatever. I just like talking with culture. I like talking with people. I love hearing about what they do. So I'm like, if we have five listeners or a billion when we make billions, I like what I'm doing. So I look forward to it. And I think that comes off. And I think you guys do a really, really good job of it. Did you think that it would get where you are right now? Like, did you think you would be doing 80, 100 episodes? I don't, I don't know. I think we kind of always had in our mind, let's give this a shot for like six months or at least through like a year and just kind of yeah. see how it goes. And if we're not having fun anymore, then we don't do it. So I think we just really enjoy it. Yes, we care about our audience and that it grows. That would be great. But as long as we're still having a good time, that's right. kind of the whole reason why we're doing it. Yeah. And yeah. it's every time, even though it may be a pain in the ass to get things scheduled and to figure out what movie we're going to do. And somebody vetoes that movie and somebody vetoes that movie. How often do you guys record? We were doing like once a week and we were releasing once a week. It's so hard with COVID and movie releases. It just isn't as easy as it was. We were going to the movies all the time, like two to three times a week going yep. to see movies. Yep. So it was a lot easier to kind of get things together. Now it's like really trying to research and figure out what's being released on what platform is this a platform people have easy access to does that coincide with something else a little bit better there's no big mega movies that are really coming out at this point so kind of covering those has felt like one-offs like wonder woman so it's like can we fill an entire podcast with a smaller that wonder woman is off of hbo max it was a 30-day no way it's done done. I mean, I did not know that. I did not know no, that. I thought that we were going to watch it this weekend. No, we watched we watched Wonder Woman, the first one. And then 1984, we were like, oh, we should watch the first one first. And then we go back. We're ready to watch it last night. We've seen it gone. No way. Why would they do that, Natalie? So I mean, it's it. a very like it's a changing business right now. And I think yeah. everybody's. It was interesting because mm-hmm. it's like, how do you make money on those second cycles of like home video, rentals, yep. all of that, if yep. you're releasing it on HBO Max? And I guess that's the answer as to how they're doing it is that it's only released for a limited amount of time, like it would be released in a theater. Yep. And then it'll be pulled, And then you can go to like have, iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'll have like a three month window and then I'll pop up on iTunes for sale or for rent, you know? So it's, I guess. Well, and all the streaming people are pulling things out too. So like you used to be able to watch The Office or whatever. And now they're going to their specific. Don't even get me started on The Office. I'm so upset because I refuse to get Peacock. I know. Just, but I'm like, like the best fucking I, show ever. Dwight am I going to subscribe? High am I going to subscribe to this freaking platform just for The Office that I've I seen? Well, and and Saved times? by the Bell, you know, the, the, the remake of Saved by the Bell is on it too. I mean, I mean I'm not going to watch that, but. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Although Zach was very cute. Dwight went to my high school. He was in place. Really? 
Yeah. He grew oh up, he went God. to, he talks about it. He actually was the, he was speaker at my high school like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll talk about how he went to the school. I was just listening to him on another podcast. And it was interesting because what he said on this podcast I was listening to was the armchair expert. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I yeah, love that he's podcast. hilarious. And he was like, he really struggled when he got off because he was so typecast. Mm-hmm. And he, so now that what he's done is he's gotten to like charity and helping, but it was like, nobody would see him as a different actor. And I'm like, that's got to be hard. And then Dax is like, you didn't make a lot of fucking money on the office. It's kind of hard, like roles like that. It's like, it it is a double-edged sword where it's just, you have something that you're going to be getting this paycheck for the rest of your life. Yeah. It paid you really good money for nine years and you're going to continue to get paid for it. So this is just kind of a trade-off. But the acting on that show is off the chart. Oh my God, I love it. I can watch every episode My roommate hates it. And so she gets furious every time I have it on, but I'm like, you know what? I don't care. You need to get used to it. You I love that. I love it into your life. Too. The original. Oh, yeah. Okay. So one of the fun things that we talk about is we try to bring in travel, obviously. Yes. You have done some traveling, but what is your favorite travel movie that mm-hmm. you personally have seen? And we were going to share ours. I have two. One is very unique that I just saw, but inspired you to possibly want to travel. Like you watched it and went, that makes me want to go somewhere. If you mm-hmm. want to think about it and you don't have an answer, I can ask Coulter first. I like I kind of have an answer and I don't feel like it's a nice. great one. Well, um, we do judge people. We don't judge them with alcohol. We just judge them in life. And then we do, yeah. no, just kidding. <laughs> so and then you like, go on and on about their towel usage for weeks. Yeah, we do. And we'll weeks. be like, oh and my weeks. God, she liked that movie? Natalie's never coming back. <laughs> no, I only so, make fun of there's Only this culture. George Clooney movie that was released six, seven years ago uh, called The Descendants that was filmed in Hawaii. And love that movie. I love that movie. Love and it's that movie. kind of like a movie I like to watch on the weekends with my little coffee mug from Hawaii and just sit yep. there and drink coffee and pretend like I'm in Hawaii. What's it about? Oh, I've been to I'm, the beach. I haven't seen it. I've been to the beach and the bar where he leans over the shed because I was in really? Hanalei Bay in Kauai. Really? His wife gets hurt. She gets hurt in a boating accident. And so she's in a coma in the hospital. And as she's in the coma, he's kind of, his, he's bringing his daughter back from college. Who's on another basically, island. Yeah, on another yeah. island to basically say goodbye to the mom because they're going to have to pull the plug pretty soon. Is that a Cohen brother? No, it's I'm completely blanking on. It's a very like, well, the guy who did Nebraska and I'm just blanking on his name. It's Um, a great movie. Yeah. So fantastic. And so basically he learns that his wife had been cheating on him and was planning on leaving him before this boating accident. So Mm -hmm. it's just kind of the discovery of what was wrong in their relationship. And he's trying to Mm -hmm. figure out who this person is and why she was cheating on him and just kind of trying to bring back the family together. So what islands is it on? Most of it's filmed on Oahu, Oahu. but he goes Mm -hmm. over to Kauai. And while they go to Kauai, they film this scene. And I'm not joking. Dan and I are there and I'm like, oh my God, I go, that's the hedge. And there's a scene where he's spying on the guy that Mm -hmm. she's having the affair with. And then he goes to this bar and I have a photo of us there. It was directed by Alexander Payne. Alexander Payne. Thank you. I was like, yeah. I. it's like a very important person that I can't yeah. remember. There's a movie theater here in Arizona that does the offshoot movies that we mm-hmm. always go see. Like you'd see like the Amy Winehouse, any kind of movie that you go, oh yeah, I want to see it. It's not going to be in the regular. And yeah. we love those because I think they instill like that movie. We talked about it and thought about it for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. And I think George Clooney is one of those incredible actors that really has a lot. I think he's done a really good job personally, yeah. but that's just me. Everybody's performance in that movie is great. All the cast in it is great. You know, mm-hmm. Matthew Lillard plays the husband that, or the other gentleman that she's mm-hmm. cheating on George Clooney with. His wife is Judy Greer, who is just like the say, most fantastic yeah. character in every single movie. It just, it's very, very well done. And so all of it is like the B story is that he's, I don't know what you would call it, not the heir, but like he's in charge of all of this land that has been passed down through his family. And mm-hmm. so they're all collectively kind of joining together to make a decision if they're going to sell the land to developers or are they going to keep it pristine in the way that it is. So there's just, it's a lot about Hawaii and the land and yeah. kind of family and it's a important. great answer. It's, yeah. Have you gone to Hawaii? Yes, I love Hawaii. And I actually just canceled my February trip there. So um, and I'm devastated, but <laughs> I'm like, this Where is the second, second trip I've canceled in uh, like two months. And I'm just like, COVID, fuck you. <laughs> I know, fuck you, COVID. Yes. Where were you supposed to go? I was going to go to Maui. I, I really like Maui. Have yeah. you been to the Big Island? I have. I had a, played a soccer tournament there when I was a, a young, young child. Wow. But, and did not return other than in the airport. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Hawaii is closed. So I don't know when they're opening. Yeah. No so answer. It's just the whole testing before getting on the flight and having to have a certain test. It was just like, what are the chances we're going to make this work and get it done in time to actually, yeah. like the 72 hours before you take off. Yeah. Test yeah. results have taken over 72 hours lately. So it just yeah. doesn't seem like a stressor that we want to have going into like a very relaxing vacation of what that's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, I can see that. Where are you yeah. going to stay? So we always stay in like Mayalea Harbor. I'm probably not pronouncing that right because my accent is awful with anything I do. My parents kind of always stay there and they always go for their anniversary on Valentine's Day. And every, Aww. you know, couple of years, I'll like, okay, I'll pop out for like five days and just relax and enjoy and watch, you know, the whales that are just right there on the, it's yep. just so beautiful. Absolutely yep. beautiful. So yeah. Susan, okay. Susan, what's your favorite travel movie or movies? So I have two. So one of them is Under the Tuscan Sky, which I saw a bunch of years ago and it was with Italy. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful movie. I don't know if either of you have seen it. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go to Italy. It's a place I've not gone. I want to do that whole villa idea. It just is one of those that whenever I see that, it reminds myself of why I love travel. I love my job. I love getting people excited about travel. And I watch that and I go, God, that is so beautiful. Because obviously water is pretty and five-star hotels are pretty. I mean, there's so many things about travel that are obviously beautiful. But gosh, to sit there and overlook that vineyard and to Mm -hmm. look at that, I really, really enjoyed that movie. And then this other one our friends had, I was trying to look for it while we were looking earlier. Who's in that one, by the way? Diane Lane. Diane Lane, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the other one that our friends had us watch over Thanksgiving, it's called The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, You have not heard of this, have you? No. 1994, two drag performers and a transgender woman travel across the desert in Australia. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So this is the cast, Hugo Weaver, Guy Pierce. Hmm. But I mean, it's seriously drag queens. We sat there and I looked at our friends are moving to Australia and I was like, "Uh, I'm not watching. Like, I was like, um, what? It is very entertaining and it has that old Australia feel, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I want to go to Australia. I want to experience, I like going where I can experience things and meet people and meet the locals and be kind of on the back road. I don't want to be unsafe, but I want to be a little bit off the beaten path. I love my four season feel, but I also love to be like, I want to know what it feels like if I lived here instead of I'm an American and I want to- Those are very different styles of trips that you're describing. 
You know, well, and that's why I'm very good at my job. No, I mean, it's, it's true though, but it's good to know that about yourself that you kind of like to go, you know, in different directions and you go, okay, well, I'm going to go to South Africa and have this experience, which I know you've done, you know, or go to the Caribbean, Mexico, Jamaica and have this experience. And that's, what's, that's, what's neat about travel and why this time is really so hard. Cause like Natalie said, it's tough to go anywhere. Yeah. It's tough to have that confidence. I think right now, but you still can go. How about you, Coulter? What about your movies? What movies inspired you to travel? So I I came up with five movies that inspire travel and then two wild cards. So I'll just run through them real quick. Oh, look at you, extra credit. Yeah, okay. So (laughs) to inspire travel and just the the travel theme that's in it is Catch Me If You Can, one of Mm, a really fun one. Love that movie. That's a great movie. Love that movie. Endless Summer. I mean, you know, just talk about a classic. Just following the waves. I mean, you know what's funny though? We watched that. They they do this like movie in the park thing here. Well, they used to back when people could congregate. And that was the movie like at the end of two summers ago. And I didn't realize how like kind of inappropriate and racist parts of that movie are. Like it's set so long ago and you're like, oh, I don't think they could say that if they made it in, you know, 2020 or whatever. Like, yeah, but so funny. still a great film. Kind of to your point, Susan, on the Under the Tuscan Sun, this is set in France. I think Provence area is a good year. Oh, you guys ever seen my or heard about that loves one? that. Isn't it the birdwatching one? No, it's about um, Russell Crowe. Oh, he loves that one too. Yeah. Yeah, he inherits a a vineyard. A really uh, bad house and vineyard, yeah. A different type of travel, like you were talking about, just taking adventures locally is the movie Wild, which also is inspirational. Great book uh, as well, I would imagine. I didn't read it. I just saw the movie a few times. The blisters that she gets does not make me want to do that hike. I just, my feet physically hurt when I saw that scene. I was just, no. Yeah. Speaking to your, uh, your Hawaii, why earlier Jurassic Park thinking Ooh. about just oh. settings another you know. <laughs> yeah that wasn't that mostly Kauai it is you yeah. can actually go see see where they filmed that they have tours I did a tour in Oahu Last time I was there, that they shot there for like a week, but it's like a ranch that they've done a ton of other stuff there. But like some of they filmed were, Lost too. Yes, so oh. if some Lost, yeah. So it's like it's you could like ATV around, you can horseback, and but, like it's really fun. That's so fun. That was such yeah. a good show. It, it, it was really weird. It was a scene where like the T Rex comes out of the bushes and eats the raptor. You're hiding behind that log, so oh, you can yeah. like go take pictures at the log. That movie was like kind of scary as a kid. Yeah. Well, okay, I wasn't a kid. I was, like, married, and I jumped out of my seat. Yeah. It was such well-done movie. The Like, that's those. That's when I miss movie theaters. Like, that, I remember standing in line. The feeling. Were, you guys were probably not born, right? Because it was. Oh, yeah, Jurassic I was. Park? I was, no, like, eight, I was maybe. E- E.T. was 84, right? Yeah. So I remember That was the year standing, I was born. Yeah. So <laughs> I was in junior high. You would wait for hours to get in and it was wrapped around the movie theater, but Hey, you couldn't see it any other way, but it's like, I can't even imagine seeing a movie with that soundtrack, John Williams, anything like that, that you weren't in a movie theater. And I just look at that and I go, I love that we get all this stuff at home, but I do miss that part of it where I don't care how big ass your TV is and how cool you think your sound system is. You don't have that sensory shutdown that you get in a movie theater of everything. I think you're speaking to Natalie's heart right here. I think I have had this argument on our podcast so many times with Sean. It's not the same. It's not, it's not. People text me. My mom's asking me, 
how to put a photo on Facebook. And I'm like, and let's go through this again. I'm bothering Coulter probably while he's doing something going, hey, did you want to see my new pile of laundry? You know, you're you're just not focused. No. So it is. And I just think there was something about that excitement as a kid where even when we got married, it was like, what's coming out? Yeah. I'm so excited to have something come out. And now it's like with COVID and everything, you're like, eh, I haven't seen a movie movie in so long because we watch series now. I, I have two wild oh, cards. No, nobody really is like thinking about traveling to West Texas, but we did last summer as part of that a road trip. We went to Marfa, which I found out this movie was actually mostly shot in New Mexico, but it's hell or high water. Great film. Uh, if you like Texas and just small Texas towns, this is movie? a fabulous movie. No, it is such a good movie. And Chris Pine, I have never seen him sexier. <laughs> Dude, I'm watching it because he is a hottie katati. My last, my last wild card is a movie called Desperados, which is a comedy. It just came out this year. It came out this year. Yeah, such a good movie. It takes okay. place in Cabo at a hotel that I've I've actually been to recently, uh, and so it's a Cabo is setting. A Who's in it, Natalie? Nassim Pedrad. I don't know that I'm saying her name correctly, or if I'm just adding some random letters in there. Perfect. And then um, the guy from New Girl. Oh, um, I love him. Oh, yes. He grew up in the town next to me. He really? grew up in Evanston. Yeah. Oh. I like him. He's a good guy. I love how hard Susan reps Chicago living in Arizona. Like, like that must have been just the best childhood ever because you love Chicago so hard. I'll say this. It was funny. When I moved here, like, you grow up with loyalty. Yeah. Everyone loved. Everyone wore the jersey. I went to University of Iowa for two years. Everyone went to the game. I come here. People are like, eh, who gives a shit? I have zero loyalty to Orange County. No offense. Yeah, and what? that's a very similar what? loyalty. Zero loyalty. Costa Mesa, baby. If it's one of those things where it's like, if somebody was like, "We're changing the name of Costa Mesa," it's offending people, and we're changing it. But like, I don't give a shit. Natalie, we're wondering. We talked about travel in cinema, movies that inspire travel. Tell us maybe some about your travel experiences that are memorable, and maybe a favorite place or two that you've traveled. I love traveling, and I'm a little upset that I haven't really gotten to do anything this year or in about a year. And I think I'm going to hit on a story that I think will just make Coulter want to bomb in his mouth uh, (laughs) to keep on the like dirty train of just like what probably his worst nightmare of traveling. And I was like down for because I was like, well, why not? I have this thing. If I'm traveling somewhere new, I kind of want to see as many places as possible as much as it's not like comfortable for me I kind of want like if I'm in Europe somewhere I want to go as many I want to get on the train and go and so this trip I started we started in Russia (laughs) and we had a layover in Moscow so we're like let's just why not you know so we spent a day in Moscow and then we went to Barcelona Madrid so our layover was either going to be in Moscow or uh, Istanbul and so we were like when the fuck are we ever going to go to Moscow so let's go there which then what airline put- did you take to do all this Aeroflot. yep from yeah. LAX yeah <laughs> yeah Okay. (laughs) I'm a good travel agent. I know airlines also. Exactly. So Moscow was fun. And we thank God we had a driver there and somebody to just like pick us up and take us around. I like vodka. Vodka. I literally was asking the waiter like how to find a vodka bar. I was like, and she was like, we have, we have vodka. He's like bars. We don't need bars. I was like, but I want one with like ice everywhere. I did zero research going into this trip. (laughs) Hold on. 
every stereotype imaginable right right now. Like, like is the guy from Rocky gonna walk? Me? I mean, like, I wanted to put on like, I wanted to put on a fur coat and a fur hat and go into an ice cave and drink vodka. I thought yes. that I could find that easily. Obviously, that exists everywhere. There, yes, yes. So, for you, for you, Natalie. For we were you. there for literally like twenty hours, so I did not find oh. that ice cave. Very sad. So then we went to Barcelona and then Madrid and then decided to fly to Marrakesh. Wow. To spend some time in Morocco. That was super fun. But then this is where the part of the trip where I made decision (laughs) that I regret in a sense (laughs) because... Again, I I do make decisions sometimes based on money and being cheap and like getting the most for what I'm trying to do. So we had to get back to Barcelona to fly out. We had three days to do that from Marrakesh. So I was like, okay, well, there's versions of this where we don't have to get hotels these days going back up to Barcelona. No. So we took an overnight train from Marrakesh to Tangier and then took the ferry across. I thought Gibraltar was just a rock. And I was like, oh my God, it's a whole fucking town. It is so cute. (laughs) And so, because I was like, let's go look at the rock. And then we spent most of the day there and we were like, okay, well, why don't we hop on an overnight bus now from oh, here a bus to, so you go from an overnight train to an overnight overnight bus. train this is getting better so there's no shower either how many no. hours are we talking about here <laughs> how many what how many how many hours or days into this are we here well we had like four days into the trip before we got to this point so okay. literally we took the overnight train got in tangier at 6 a.m took the ferry across walked around gibraltar hung out there had dinner at some chinese restaurant we drank some very questionable beer. I was throwing up outside. And then we got an overnight bus to Madrid and then got to Madrid. We dropped our bags off at the hotel we stayed at the time before. And then I was like, I am so tired. We haven't showered. Like, I want to change my clothes. And my roommate was like, let's go to the park and like take a nap. But I'm like, I'm not, I'm not homeless. I'm not going to take a nap in a park. Like, we like, there's no blankets. This is so weird. And so I lay down and passed out for like two hours. Yeah. It was the best nap of my life. And I like oh, woke up and I was yeah. like, I'm fucking ready to go. Then that night we took an overnight bus back to Barcelona. So we didn't have a hotel for like three full days. And she wanted to kill me that I was no. like, oh, this shouldn't be a big deal. We were just like cleaning ourselves in the bathroom. <laughs> This was awful. Coulter, that, does that sound like a trip you want to go on? Would I you ever do that, Coulter? <laughs> I mean, it's funny because this came up last week with Dave when he was trying to save money. He went to like multiple countries in a week and he would save money by sleeping overnight on the train. And then every other day he got a hotel. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. I was like, you, A, you're young. That's all I could think of. It's true. I just don't remember being in my 30s yeah. right now. I'm like, but, but guess what? That shower in Barcelona when we got there was the best shower of my life. Glorious. And I can bet. you, Coulter, ever think of a shower that was the best shower of your life? You have yeah. so many of them, the none of them are shower? memorable. A like post a marathon shower is pretty pretty rock star because okay. you just feel like you want to die at that point. <laughs> and you're just like in there, sort of crying, laughing by yourself for a minute. 
Like, you know, you kind of want to sit down and just probably the one that stands out is as a kid, I hiked Half Dome and that was like 24 miles, you know, round trip as a 12 or 13 year old. And that shower that night coming back to the camp, you know, the summer camp that we were at when we did that was pretty rock star. And just the feeling of doing that, you know, as well. I would say anytime I shower and I shave my legs. It feels amazing. I'm like, <laughs> I put on my leggings. I go, oh my God, I've lost like 10 pounds. That's what I feel like. Oh. I'm skinny and I'm like, I can touch my husband's legs now. And I feel really good about myself. And that is about twice a month. So that's a, that's an awesome trip though. Yeah. What, what places are sort of growing right now in terms of, you know, wanting to be more attractive to shoot stuff like Places like Louisiana, Texas, New Mexico, like where are people sort of thinking about in Arizona too? Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, anywhere that people are going to get, you know, a tax rebate on. So it's just yeah. people mm. will film anywhere and, you know, make it look like where it was shot. You know, I have a friend that worked on a teacher that was just on FX. You know, they shot in Canada for Austin. So it just anybody who's from Austin was like, oh, it was not Austin, clearly, you know, but it's just for the rest of the world. They made it work, you know. Okay, so here's the way our game works. Okay. Walter is beating me, which, you know, I feel like quitting the whole podcast because of this, but I'll keep going. So I will ask you a couple questions you guys can answer, and because I'm kind, I went with the martini theme. Oh, look at that. We may have a chance. I know. So there we go. You're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. Okay. What is the most original and correct spirit to use in a martini? I feel like it's gin. What do you think, Coulter? I would agree with that. I'd say gin. You are correct. Vodka martinis may be commonly ordered as gin martinis these days, but if you're a tra- tra- traditional tipple, 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 T-I-P-P-L-E, tipple, hmm. gin is the simple, correct choice. It says, but if you want to touch a little of both, a Vesper is certainly acceptable. What the heck is a Vesper? What is it? What is basically a, what, what's the I most basic know. martini? Hey, I think this is like not your question time. I'm just, I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm, we're going into martini trivia here. So I'm wondering. So I would think it would be a gin martini. I will say this. I never understood what a dirty versus not meant. Uh, olive juice. Oh. I, I, I thought so. Interesting. I did not know that, but now I feel much cooler. Um, which came first, the martini or the martini glass? It's like a chicken and the egg thing. This is this is a strange question. I've got to think about this for a moment. I personally feel like it would be the martini because I think like more old fashioned type of martinis are in like coupe glasses, which isn't technically like a martini glass. I'll go with that. That would be incorrect. The martini glass used for other drinks and came in before during U.S. Prohibition. To make matters more complicated, many bartenders today serve their martinis in the coupettes or Nick and Nora glasses. Interesting. Sort of a trick question. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Grow up. Um, (laughs) Because I said the whole coupe glass thing, so. Give me an estimate of what you think the most expensive martini you can order. Like ever in the world? Right now, and you can. You can give, if you even come close or tell me where it is, I will give you the correct answer. Oh, of where and how much? 
Well, yeah. So there is the most expensive martini can be yours for a certain amount of money. And where would that be? And how much? Wow. That is like so broad. I mean. I know. But if I say anything else, it gives it away. What do you think it is? My gut, which is always wrong, says $12,000 in Paris. I was going to say Paris too. Okay. So let's, we'll keep Paris. We'll lock that in. What's your price range? Go higher. Oh, higher. But you're in the wrong country. Oh, crap. A Scottish distillery created a martini worth 50,000 pounds. Okay. Well, that's not, that's unfair because that's scotch and that's, that's not a martini. Gold or diamonds. It simply comes with a holiday. Oh, it comes with a holiday on the side. (laughs) (laughs) You get a holiday on the side. Okay. I will pass on that one. I'll give you that one. Okay. Who declared martinis should be stirred, not shaken, so that the molecules lie sensuously one atop one another? I mean, James Bond? I mean, I say James Bond, but I don't think he's a scientist. That seems like a very scientific. Is it James Bond? It is not. It was W. Somerset Muggin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I wouldn't have got that. Mm-mm. A standard martini. Garnish is an olive. Garnish it with a pearl onion, and it's called what? With an onion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's famous. I know that Natalie has to know what this is. Natalie can help. That's how my parents drank them. So I'm like, everyone has to know this one. Because I don't, I don't, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if I don't drink it, then I'm not really paying attention to it. It's an old and person I- way to drink it. I don't like olives, so I don't ever... No, this is with the little onion on the side. So with an olive and an onion. Standard martini garnishes is an olive. Mm-hmm. Garnish it instead with a pearl onion, and it's called... Still don't know. I don't know. <laughs> a Gibson. Oh! Yeah. No. Yeah. Can you spell that? G-I-B-S-O-N. It's how my parents like theirs. That's the only reason I actually know it. Is that I had uh, parents that drink uh, martinis. What comes in a gimlet? What comes in a gimlet? Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, a Gibson and then a gimlet. It's a different. Yeah. This is a different kind of martini. It is. I feel I've heard of it. I feel like it's more of like a lemon juice or a citrus juice based one. Sounds right. You are correct. Oh. So I can be nice and give that to you, but it is. It is gin along with lime and simple syrups it, it, it would probably be like more of like the pre to a lemon drop which i like lemon drops are a little too sweet i mean i'm not drinking but again when i was i did like them um i think what i like about a martini over other drinks is i feel like it's a drink to savor and to enjoy it's not a drink to chug no you can chug wine, you can chug beer, you can drink uh, even gin and tonics. I can drink in the pool in Mexico really quickly, but you don't drink a martini quickly. We seriously have to have on on again. I can't believe that we've been talking to you for almost two hours. This oh is God. so much fun. Thank um, you guys for having me. I really Oh really my gosh, so you're fun. so interesting. And I just wish you the best success with your job. Oh, thank you. I think that you have such a passion for what you do. It's so obvious that honestly that you have a love for the artistic and your fun. And I just hope that what you're doing with your career and stuff outside the podcast grows because I just love the idea that you love all this quirky and you want to be a direct uh, producer and you want to do that stuff. I think that's just amazing. 
And I can't wait to listen to your next episodes. I love Tuckers. Yeah, so Natalie, tell us um, where would we follow you on social media if people are interested in learning more about the podcast? Uh, So we're at the Martini Scale, uh, just making things really easy. So if you want to go to themartiniscale.com or follow us on Facebook or Instagram, and then just on anywhere you would listen to podcasts, you just search the Martini Scale. So... Okay, is Gibraltar in Morocco? Spain. Okay. Spain. Okay. You can do so. You can do a tour. Let's say you go to Seville in Spain. You're like, I've always wanted to see the Rock of Gibraltar. I wonder if it really looks like that. Is it a town? Mm-hmm. You can use Project Expedition, and you can use them, and they've been wonderful to work with. These guys are fascinating. Their story. They're going to be on our next episode. I'm really excited. They were supposed to be on before. I'm feeling well. I'm really excited for them to come on, kind of share their story because I think. It's really fun to find out why people would choose to get into a travel industry. But they have a really fascinating story in how they met. Um, I really enjoy doing business with them. They've been a real pleasure to do business with. And I know they have some fascinating stories. They lived in London. They've traveled together. They live in New York right now. But this has been great. We're going to have to do it again. And I Yeah, I think we got to bring Natalie back for sure. I know. And I hope you get to go on your trip. I know. I know. Well, you're always welcome in Phoenix. We have a guest bedroom. I will even shower if you come over. Oh my God. How exciting. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's a big step. That's a big, I might, I might not clean, clean my clothes, but I will definitely shower for you. <laughs> it's a step up. That's how we roll here. Good. Thank you. <laughs> thank you guys. Hey, thank you, Coulter. Thank you, Natalie. We will chat. Adios. Go enjoy your evening. And uh, as always, thank you for joining us at the Backstage Travel Podcast. Should I say I'm Susan? This is Coulter. Mackenzie, what are we supposed to say? Bye. Bye. Backstage Travel Podcast is hosted by Susan Green and Coulter Fleming. Editing, producing, and managing by Mackenzie Green. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Visit our Facebook page and send us your travel stories at info at backstagetravelpodcast.com. Susan and her team at Susan's Travel Services have a passion for what they do and want to get you to your dream destination. They're so dedicated to giving you the experience of a lifetime that they'll help you at no cost. To learn more, find them online at Susan's Travel services.com.